focusing on making safer, more civil web and focusing on making that happen first and foremost, that's going to shift the mindset and how we think about the solutions that we need to put in place. So changing people's mindset about it and actually prioritizing humans, that, that's probably the biggest roadblock that I'm seeing. founder of Oasis Consortium, a think tank that builds brand and user safety standards. Earlier this year, we've heard the news in Australia that major social media companies such as Facebook and Google fight against major publishers over news. Australia shutdown is only the test case for the rest of the world. The tension has never been higher between the two groups. As I'm investigating into the issue, I think I need to bring in House, the expert on the topic. That's why today I invited my friend and the thought leader at Oasis, Roy Goldberg, who is the CEO of OpenWeb. OpenWeb tries to build the best practices to bring audiences back to the publishers. Some words they talk about really speak to me community, civility, et cetera. So Roy Goldberg, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. So Roy, tell us about yourself and Open Web. Sure, so it's no secret. There is a crisis of toxicity online. Hate, toxicity, divisiveness, social platforms have become echo chambers that only alienate us. And too often that online toxicity also spills into the real world with terrible consequences, as we've seen in the past few years. And at Open Web, we believe that it doesn't have to be that way. Our mission is to change that and to build safer online conversations. We are building healthier social media for a healthier web. We've been fortunate enough to work with the world's top online publications to create trusted spaces for quality conversations across their digital properties in a way that also helps them to build communities and to enjoy from these business implications of owning the users and creating that loyalty. Myself, I'm the co-founder, also running operations, living in New York for the past four years. Before that, I'm Israeli, born and raised. Thanks again for having me. What are the key market forces today to make brand and user safety almost like a competitive advantage for publishers? The approach that we take at the open web is around creating a good, positive, and and healthy user experience, first and foremost for the users. Quite frankly, I'm not a big fan of the term brand safety. I believe that if we do something that is good first and foremost for users, for society, uh, that's going to translate into being safe also for brands. And this is what we've been focusing on. Specifically in, in our case, UGC for media publications, we actually prove that if you have toxic conversations, people are not coming back. I know that Facebook and critics of Facebook say that they keep that running for boosting engagement and keeping users for longer. 
that might be right, but we compare that to toxicity to sugar. It might be something that is satisfying in the short term. It might make users to stay longer and to engage more at the same session. It's not what's bringing users back for places that they want to consume good content. And this is what we're seeing on publishers. So for us, it's creating high quality conversations, eliminating the toxicity, elevating the good. That's really what helps publishers to build that community and to create that lifetime value of users. I love it. I love that you challenge the term brand safety and you want to bring the conversations back to the user safety part. So what you were saying is if you focus on quality conversations for users and users can be more engaged on publishers platforms and therefore they can deliver higher lifetime value. 100%. And, and how do you define quality conversations? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, a big, that's a big question and something that we've been also collaborating with some academia and people from specifically the MIT uh, Media Lab, Deb Roy, has been a great help for us in, in defining that. For us, high level, that means not toxic by, by any means, and that includes everything that you can think about, racism, spamming, trolling bullying, any type of obscenity, everything bad that you can think about that is currently happening online, removing that while having valuable content, facts-based validation, which adds value to the people and have a, a variety of different ideas in addition to having a productive type of conversation. So it's on point and it's, and it's progressing us. That's generally speaking, in short, our definition for a high quality conversation. I love it. So at Oasis Consortium, we have quite a few thought leaders in the gaming industry. And the statistics that we found was that socially engaged gamers deliver 10 to 20 times lifetime value on gaming platforms. What is the ROI you see on the quality conversations you try to push for publishers? Yeah, we see very much the same. Users who are engaged within the community are 10 times likely to come back to the site. They're spending three to five times more time on every visit to the website, which makes all in all their lifetime value between five to 10 times higher than any other random visitor to the website. So as I was exploring your website and your product features, and I came to realize not only you're building user engagement for users, for publishers, you're also creating very valuable asset, which is the first party data. This is especially in the context of third party data being sunset. So share with us how this headwind for advertisers influence how you steer the boat for open web. Sure, that's uh, a great question and something that we are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis and trying to help our publisher partners a lot with. At the bottom line, we believe this is a tailwind for us as the open web, mainly because of two reasons. Loyalty and retention are becoming the greatest strategic assets for publications. That also means more registrations and subscriptions, which translate pretty 
pretty quickly to higher revenue, higher lifetime value for these users. And these all things that we've been pitching and designing, designing our products to do for years now. When it comes to the first party data, as the second point, publishers these days are a real risk. Uh, I, I highly believe that the regulations are good for society, good for users. They are definitely deepening the gaps between the capabilities of media publications and all other social media. On social media, you are a subscribed user, you are coming back more, you are, you are voluntarily giving a lot of information about yourself. All of that is definitely not happening on, on media publications. And without being able to leverage third-party information, mainly your web history elsewhere, publishers are left behind without a lot of, again, subscribed users. But now, not only that, they do not know anything almost about their users. So developing their first party information strategy is becoming the biggest thing for them in the past year and definitely in the upcoming few years. And here we come in and, and help publishers to better understand their audiences, definitely what happens with the community and to help them to facilitate that data in a way that will not only show them who are these users, but also be very actionable towards advertising, whether it's something that they sell programmatically or something that they want to leverage for their direct sales. I love it. I feel this gives a little bit balance back to the digital society, given we see the monopolies among Facebook, Amazon, Google, who have the word gardens. And what you're doing is almost democratizing the first party data and bring audiences as we start a podcast with back to the hands of actually the true uh, content creator. So, so thank you for that explanation. Uh, you have the most recent product feature, which is called best sorting algorithm. And from afar, it looks like Netflix recommendation system for quality conversations. Tell us more about it. Sure. So in short, we believe like other smarter people have said before that the freedom of speech is definitely not the freedom of reach. And elevating the good is not less and in many cases much more important than just eliminating the bad. If you go across media publications and some of our closer partners, such as AOL and others, um, have sometimes thousands of comments on one given article. What you surface to the top, that's really what drives the engagement and actually what's being exposed. So we've been completely revamping the way that we are surface content to the top, and that's the new best sorting algorithm. Obviously, it leverages some machine learning in a way that doesn't create echo chambers. So it's not really personalized to one user. It just really what, first and foremost, is not toxic. So we're not just looking at what drives engagement and what keeps users to engage more. We first and foremost, just eliminate the bad, eliminate all of the toxicity. And then we elevate the things that actually progress the conversation. Earlier, I mentioned that it's about being on point. It's about providing new information and something that is valuable for the 
community. We try to identify that and surface that to the top. Interesting. And the, the word you used in the product messaging is the word civility. And I kind of like this word more than the word safety. How do you guys define the word civility? <laughs> civility is, is yeah, I've, everything that, I, that I've mentioned is, is coming with good intent, is not being toxic, not being aggressive, not attacking anyone, and, and trying to come with good intent and to elevate the discussion, to progress the discussion. That's for us civility when it comes to specifically conversations online. Yeah, uh, what I love about this word a lot is kind of often when we talk about, about safety is at the community level. And as a consequence, the way you're doing it is not only to keep the community safe, but also to encourage each of us to be civil and as a consequence to, to keep the community very safe. So, so bravo for, for, for pushing all the product features, not only that drives user engagement, but also to keep the community, the very valuable audiences for publishers in a safe, safe, safer environment. Well, now we talked about all the great things you have done. I'm pretty sure on the journey toward success, you guys have some roadblocks. If I ask you as uh, the co-founder and the COO of the company, if you had a magic wand, what are the biggest roadblocks you wish to make disappear? Yeah. That is, a, that is a tough question, but in, in my opinion, the biggest roadblock around specifically brand safety is people and executives' mindset. To my point earlier, focusing on making safe, more civil web and focusing on making that happen first and foremost that's going to shift the mindset and how we think about the solutions that we need to put in place. So changing people's mindset about it and actually prioritizing that, that's probably the biggest roadblock that I'm seeing. Thank you. And the open web has been nine years old. So you founded it in 2012. So looking back, if you're going to tell Roy, nine years ago, what mistakes you should have avoided over the journey so that you can achieve the goal of user safety or civility faster? What, have, what would you do differently? This will serve as advice for emerging founders and operators who want to build a safer and more civil internet. Sure. I'll, I'll say two things, one which was definitely more relevant for us, and I'm not sure how applicable to everyone who listens, and one which is a little bit more generic, but yet important. For us, when we started to focus on not only blocking the bad, but also to incentivize and promote quality, and really understanding why people are about to create something that is toxic and offering other incentives to them and making that transparent to them. Incentivizing that starting the beginning is probably the biggest thing that we should have done earlier, retrospectively, and not only focusing on finding the hateful and unproductive conversation content, which is incivil and toxic and eliminating that. That completely shifted our product, our performance, and the help to build online healthier conversations. 
to our listeners, I would say, which are not building something which is UGC-based, I'll say that embracing AI and machine learning in such a problem, which is in many cases a prediction problem, is probably something that you should prioritize. Definitely as a small company, if you need to make tough decisions where to allocate your resources, invest in data, invest in AI. I know that it might be generic and everyone these days speak about it, but this is definitely a game changer and something that for the past years have been done with hundreds, if not dozens of thousands of people manually can be done very effectively by leveraging uh, AI if you do it the right way. Thank you so much, Roy. It's just simply inspiring that not only you help major publishers and really decategorize of publishers to build the engagement for their audiences, but also you almost create a new asset level for the, for the digital society in a very transparent, civil manners. I think that's what the future of internet needs. So really, thank you so much for sharing with us your journey and your best practices. And thank you for being an advisor to Oasis Consortium. And with you, I trust that we together can build a more ethical internet. Big pleasure, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Roy.